Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Okay, if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 8. If you don't, that's pretty normal. Um, Because you were just racing to get here, but we have them. But also want to draw your attention to, um, let's face it, you all brought your phones because you can't go anywhere without your phone. And if you don't already have, I mean, there's so many different Bibles that you can load up. Um, Probably the most popular because it's just easy, simple, and they always update it and they give you all these different versions is, um, it's called version. Or if you just say the Bible app, it usually is like the first one because everybody downloads it. But whichever one, you can, have, you can have the Word of God with you all the time. And so, you know, when people are walking around, eventually, let's face it, no one's ever going to hand out a Bible again at any church anywhere in the world because everyone's going to have their phone. Um, so once everybody figures it out, then you'll know. Um, we are going to look at a passage that if you've never read it, you've heard of it, and most likely you've read it and you kind of check it off your list like, oh, I've done that. I already read that, and you kind of give up on it because you've already checked it off your list. Um, But it's like a good book. Like, you're not supposed to read Of Mice and Men just once. It's not like, I I finished that on the syllabus, it's done. Like, you don't really know the book, or Brothers Karmazov, or Mere Christianity. Well, I read that once. Yeah, but you don't remember anything. Like, you don't know the book. And it's the same with these passages. The more we go through them, you realize, oh, I I didn't see that. I didn't know that. And so this week, I'm going to share something with us that maybe you knew, but I didn't know because I didn't know it. And I've read this passage a million times. And one of the other ways that we can look at it a different way is a different translation. So for example, in that YouVersion uh, app that you can get uh, online, there's all these different translations. And when you look at a different translation, especially one that's intended to give you a different view you see it in a different way. So we're going to look at the parable of the soils today, and it's in Luke chapter 8, verse 4, and I'm going to read from the message. And so you can open up your Bible and try to follow along, but it's not going to work unless you have the message. So if you don't have the message, just listen to this. It's not going to be up on the screen. You're just supposed to hear it, hopefully in language that makes sense to you. So as they went from town to town, so this big crew of people following Jesus, A lot of people joined in and traveled along. He, Jesus, addressed them using this story. A farmer went out to sow a seed. Some of it fell on the road. It was tramped down and the birds ate it. Other seed fell in the gravel. It sprouted but withered because it didn't have good roots. Other seed fell in the weeds. The weeds grew with it and strangled it. Other seed fell in rich earth and produced a bumper crop. Are you listening? Are you really listening? That's actually in the Bible. I'm not just trying to get your attention. (laughs) His disciples asked, why did you tell this story? He said, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. There are others who need stories. But even with stories, some of them aren't going to get it. Their eyes are open, but they don't see a thing. Their ears are open, but they don't hear a thing. 
This story is about some of those people. The seed is the word of God. The seeds on the road are those who hear the word. But no sooner do they hear it than the devil snatches it from them so they won't believe and be saved. The seeds in the gravel are those who hear with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. It's only another fad. And the moment there's trouble, it's gone. And the seed that fell in the weeds, well, these are the ones who hear. But then the seed is crowded out and nothing comes out of it as they go about their lives worrying about tomorrow, making money, and having fun. But the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. So that's from the message translation. So if that, if that makes sense to you, you're like, ooh, I've never heard it said that way before. Now you can find that one. Then there's tons like that. But it's to put it in terms that you can understand. And where we're going today, I had no idea we were going in this direction. And, you know, we talked about the youth and children earlier and then this passage I had chosen before I knew we were going to do that. But it really feeds in that direction. Because your life, my life, our lives were designed for a purpose. And they were designed in such a way that we were meant to make a difference. We were meant to be changed and then to produce fruit, just like the soil talks about. And... Um, in, in, this past week, we had our bookkeeper come in, and our bookkeeper doesn't go to branches, which is a really good thing, um, because what we try to do here at branches is, is, at this point, nobody who's part of branches knows who gives what. We have a bookkeeper that does that. So we don't know, which is awesome, because I used to do Young Life, and we'd have to go and raise money, and I knew who gave what, and so I'd see them, and I'd see this dollar sign over their head. Oh, you're high. How you doing? $100 a month. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi. Wow, $7,000, thank you, it's really nice to meet Like, And it just stunk, because you'd see people that way. So it's so beautiful, because when we planted branches, we're like, I don't want to ever know, because I'd heard about somebody else that did that, and I said, that's how we got to roll. And so we have a bookkeeper who goes to another church, and so she came into the office today, I mean this week, and when she came in, uh, she told me that she had just recently graduated her senior class. And what that meant was, is she said that she, this is very rare, she was working with the youth at her school, at her church, and she took on a group of girls that were in sixth grade. And then the next year, she's like, well, I think I'm going to keep going. So she took, had the same group of girls for seventh grade, and then other girls came in, and girls moved away. And then, then eighth grade, same girls, ninth grade, tenth grade, 11th grade. And this year, they're all seniors, and they're all graduating. I mean, think about that, walking with them for all those years through all of the things that girls go through. I don't even want to imagine that, because, I mean, my, my little girl's eight, and there's drama just in these eight years, and I heard it gets more intense, but she's walked with those girls all the way to this moment. I'm looking back at Jeff with his four girls. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> she's, yeah, enough said. Um, so she's walked with them, and what typically happens when I've seen this happen before is they get to uh, that point, and they're like, whew, glad I finished that part of my life. And so I said, so, and I was really trying to kind of slowly kind of say, hey, are you going to do it again? And thinking she'd go, oh, no, no, no. I mean, she's married. She has two kids now. And this whole time, she's gotten married and had two kids. And she goes, you know what? I think I am. I think I'm going back to junior high. And 
her husband, she goes, and he said that he thinks he wants to do it. All this time, he said, no, 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 that's for you. That's not me. I don't do that. Um, and she said, and I think our kids are going to be involved as well. And I said, I'm so glad you're doing that. Because my wife and I, we, we were involved with youth ministry for about 15 years. Now, it sounds really fancy and religious, youth ministry. What it means is hanging out with kids. That's what it means. And it doesn't mean you're always excited about it. Like, woohoo, let's go do this. But it means you see these teenagers and you're like, you know what? Someone's got to go to them. Because I remember when I was a teenager, either you had a horrible experience as a teenager or a great experience, but if there's ever an adult that comes into that, an adult, I use that term very loosely, um, because like when we started, I was like 21 and I was a mess. I mean, I was trying to follow the Lord and I was trying to figure things out, but you're just a punk. Yet, you can make such a difference in the life of a teenager just because of where it comes from, the reason why you're doing it, as long as you're not trying to get something out of it for yourself. And so she said, yeah, we're all going to come back. And I said, I'm so glad you're doing that because during this whole lung transplant, hey, he's going to die, hey, he's alive thing, all these old people now that we walked with for those 15 years got back in touch with us because they thought, oh, here he goes, so I better say goodbye. And hearing them say these things to us, you'd think, well, we did so little. Because I look back on those years, I'm like, oh, we could have done such a better job. And if we'd only done that, and if we'd only said this, or if, we'd only, if I wasn't afraid of that, and if I wasn't messed up here, and if we changed this, ah, oh, if only. And yet what I realized, this is what I told her, I said, it is amazing to me, looking back and all the feedback we've gotten, that it takes so little to make a huge impact, to make a huge difference. And the idea of you and your family doing this, because she's like, well, we're going to have to do it different because I can't do, I can't stay out really late. I can't go on certain trips. I mean, you know, all the excuses we come up with, well, I can't do it because she goes, we're just going to have to do it differently. But I, I'm just so excited to see what happens. And I don't know if she's going to start in sixth grade and go all the way to the senior year again. You can't, you can't make those promises. But she's jumping in. And me looking back at the little bit of impact a little bit of effort that we put out, a little bit of, that we had to offer and to just see God just expand it. And during this time um, of, of the crazy for our family, when we walk around, uh, if they can even recognize me with this ridiculously awesome beard, as I'm walking around, they'll, they'll, they'll walk up to us and they'll say, you'll never know how much this I don't know how they term it, like what we just went through the past few months, you'll never know how big of a difference it made in my life. And like we've, we've talked about before, like what? I did nothing. All I did was just pretty much go to die, and your life was impacted. So it must not be anything I did. But one of the things they always say is, it's made a huge difference in my life. And so as I was looking at this passage and thinking about it, I thought, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to ask this question. So this next week, this is my goal. So if it's you, beware, here it comes. When they come up and go, you know, it's really, um, how do they say it? It's my life has really changed because of what you guys have gone through. And I'm going to ask this question in one form or another. Oh, really? How has it changed? Uh, 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 I mean, you know how awkward that's going to be? No, no, really. I want to see that it changed. Prove it. Like, how's that going to, uh, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with you? What happened? But what if I ask that question? How did it change? 
Because if you're going to say it's changed, then it has to have changed, right? Like when we talked about this branch's community, a lot of people, the, our community has changed because of, of this, everything being turned upside down and people turning to the Lord. And one of the things that people say is, I'm really afraid we're going to go back to the way it was and we won't really be changed. It takes intentionality. When we look at these soils, when we look at the land, if you look at all the different kinds of soil, there's three kinds where basically just let it go as it goes. I mean, I like to draw attention to my beard. If I don't shave, this is what happens. This is just, this is how it goes. And there's different kinds of soil, there's different kinds of lives, and if you don't do anything, stuff's just going to happen. Something's going to happen. Either it's going to become a little road, a little path, and we're not talking about a, you know, you, you put tar down, I'm talking about like a little path. If you walk over a certain piece of ground long enough, it just becomes like this little trail. Or gravel. Rocks are everywhere. And if you just leave dirt, eventually the, the, the dirt, I don't know how it disappears, by water erosion, and then you're left with rocks. And some of you have that yard that if you don't do anything and you don't own a lawnmower, then the weeds pop all up and your neighbors get ticked at you and the city eventually comes around and they want to condemn it because there's nothing but weeds and everything there. Because if you don't do anything, if you're not intentional, then stuff just then it's a disaster. I mean, there's all different type of things we do. You don't ever see ladies wake up in the morning and not do anything with their hair. Because if you don't do anything with your hair, it's going to do something, but it's not what you want it to do, right? Now, guys, it's a totally different deal, especially kids. They're like, oh, this is cool. Like, they don't do anything with their hair and they think it's cool. Um, manscaping. That's a term I actually recently just learned. Didn't even know about that one. There's a lot of guys that will shave their chest, right? I don't have a whole lot, but if you don't, there'll be guys with hair just coming out here like this, right? So if you don't shave it, if you're not intentional about it, you're going to have a garden of hair coming out. Because if you don't take care of something, if you don't cultivate it, if you don't landscape it, right? Interior design. If you just show up like most of you bachelors have no plan, you're like, dude, look what I found on the side of the road, and you throw it in. And then you have like this little table that doesn't match that. And then you've got these posters that you put up. They're not framed. They're not even, they're wrinkled. You put, I mean, you walk into that house, you can tell, oh, you didn't really think about this, did you? You didn't think about this space, <laughs> right? And yet when you have someone that has that gift or especially someone that just puts out any kind of effort, they can create this space that is, that is a restful place, that's a sanctuary, that's, that's beautiful. Your life was meant to be landscaped. It was meant for a purpose. It was meant for beauty and to produce fruit. And if we don't do anything, it's going to be a disaster. And you're going to look back with regret. And maybe you don't even get started because you look at your backyard and you're just like, what am I going to do with that? It's just, I'm, I'm paralyzed because there's too much that needs to be done. So you do nothing. Instead of doing a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time, and all of a sudden it starts to become transformed. And your life can be the same way. Let's jump in, and I want us to look at this, this parable. We're going to look at it now. Um, this is the New American Standard. Most of you are like, I don't understand this whole translation stuff or why we have different. So this particular translation, it's more word for word. And so we're going to look at it more word for word. Uh, the sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell beside the road. Now, all I'm going to do pretty much for the rest of this passage, I'm just going to look, and we're going to look at where, prepositionally, 
So for you literature people, you got really impressed right now that I use that word. For those of you that don't understand what a preposition is or you forgot, it means where does the seed fall? Like where? So we're going to look at the four different kinds of soil and we're going to apply it to our lives and we're going to talk about how God's word, where it falls. So some fell beside the road. And I'm not going to bore you with the original Greek, I'll just explain it to you, but fall beside is like uh, para, which means next to or nearby, um, but not, not in, but just nearby. So you've got this farmer, and he's throwing the seed out, and it falls near. And for some of us, when it comes to God's word, it's like, well, I'm, it's, it's around me. I know of it, because in all of these situations, Jesus describes it. He says, everybody heard it. And these are just the ones that heard the word of God. So they all hear it, but that doesn't matter, does it? Because there's a different outcome so hearing can produce different outcomes, but where does it actually fall? And here's the thing you need to know about parables. Parables, there's, there's, a, there's an intention, there's a purpose behind them. It's to bring about a decision. Anytime there's a parable, Jesus is sharing it. The point is to bring a decision in the hearer's life to do something about it. So he shares this parable, and then he expects the people afterwards to do something with it. And with the parable, people hear it differently on purpose. And so really, you're going to hear something different. So I can't tell you what to do with this parable. All I can do is, is bring our attention to something. And if you are hearing and willing to let God bring you to a decision, then he's going to call you to something. And it makes no sense for me to tell you because you don't want to hear what I tell you to do. What we really want to hear, what we hunger for, is what does God say? But if this word is falling just around you, then it's not going to produce anything. And so this falls beside the road, and it gets trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. So it falls around the soil, but it doesn't go into the soil. Other seed fell on rocky soil. Um, that word is epi, which means on top of. So I think of, um, I, I think of friends. We have a lot of friends in the, in the clothing and surf industry. And so, you know, they put their brand on everything, their name, their logo, and so we'll have tons of friends, and they're very passionate about their brands, um, those who are involved in the company. And some of them really believe in what they're doing, and they're passionate about it. They, they, they're passionate about the design. They're passionate about uh, getting it out there. They're passionate about what they do with the money that they raise from it and the, the income that comes from it. Um, and so they'll have a hat, you know, that says, like, uh, I'll make up a brand so I'm not promoting one over another. Boog, the Boog brand, right? So you've got that. And you've got this hat. And so, but if someone else buys it and they buy the hat, they just kind of put it on themselves. They're not really invested in it. They're not really involved. They have no passion about this company or what they're about or who the people are that work there or what they're doing with their income or their net profit. This is just, they just like, yeah, I think it's cool. They put it on. And so other seed fell on gravel or rocky soil. And as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it didn't have any moisture, because it didn't have any root. It didn't go down. It wasn't part of who they were. It was just kind of surface, almost like putting on a jacket. It's like putting on, it, it, you put the faith on the outside of you, but it, it's not really inside of you. And then there's, uh, if we go into verse 7, it says that other seed fell among the thorns. That preposition there is among. It fell like around or in the middle of it. So it falls on the soil, but it's falling among all these thorns, which is the distractions of life. The distractions being fear or worry 
or money or just the pursuit of pleasure. Now, I didn't like the message translation because um, he said, uh, he said, they're worrying about tomorrow making money and having fun, as if having fun is a bad thing. I go, hey, you know how we do in this life. No fun for you. You produce fruit. No fun. That's not accurate. But if that's your only pursuit, if that's how you've designed your life, my life is designed just for this purpose, and that's unhealthy. There's plenty of fun and joy and beauty all around us. But as we've shared before, we're not being selfish enough if we're not looking for ways to pour out our life like my friend is doing that youth ministry. She did it, and she's like, this was so good, I want to do it again. Not like, well, you know, I was going to go do some fun stuff, but instead I'm going to help out these kids. It doesn't work that way. It's like we, we always, in... this is fun for me. It is fun for me to share the word of God, to see what God does with it. It's exciting to be a part of seeing what he does, to have him be involved in your life and to do stuff outside of it. There's nothing better. Other seed fell into the good soil. It fell in, that word there is ice, E-I-S, which is to, literally means into. Another way to look at it is the soil, it seizes it or grabs it and will not let it go because all the other seed didn't go in. It might have hovered on the surface. It might have just had a couple little grains of, of soil over it, but it didn't go in. But if it goes in, this little tiny seed, just a little bit of it, will produce another plant. And then that plant will then produce other fruit, and it'll impact lives. I mean, going back to our friend that was working with these youth, we get to see it from, from um, so we started in, uh, I started in 1990 working with kids. And to see where those kids are at now, and when I talk about us doing so little and yet it making a huge, huge difference. In fact, so many of those kids are now like gray-haired people to some degree. In fact, one of them has even more gray hair than me, which is something. And they do all kinds of things that are impacting their community, and it's actually come back to produce fruit in our life. In fact, our kids, through all of this, so we're, we're doing some therapy for them, and the person that we've asked to do the therapy is one of our old youth kids. And I'm sitting there staring across at her going, oh my gosh, here we are. And you can see her looking at me going, what am I doing here? And I'm like, oh, why, how's this happening? Because you just think, oh yeah, what, what's the, you don't think about it then. Um, I, I look back and I look at some, you know, you see these little kids and, and you know, they haven't, um, talking about the way you're supposed to take care of things. And I just think of some of these kids at especially the boys that never wash their face. And you're trying to tell them, man, look, dude, your face is not meant to be a pimple farm. Like, see the girls, like they wash their face, they cleanse, and you see these kids, and then they, they grow out of that, and then they become these people. They become these doctors. One of my young life kids is one of the doctors. Let that sink in. He's saving lives. I think of all these doctors that stepped in and saved my life. He's one of those people. This isn't just about you, well, I better help some people out. No, you never know if it's going to swing back around. You never know the little bit you offer up, how huge of a difference it's going to make, not only in this world, but maybe in your life. Some that are artists and designers and firemen. 
some kids that you poured your life into and you're like, really, well, I wasn't actually technically their leader. Someone else was their leader. And yet when you're in the hospital, they're the ones that move into your house to take care of your kids. We were designed to produce fruit. And you're like, but who am I? Jesus makes it really clear. Hey, if you think, well, who am I? That's why he explains us as dirt. Think about it. He didn't say you're this beautiful cathedral. (laughs) He says, you're dirt. And he's not trying to make fun of us. He's just trying to put it in terms that we can understand because he knows that we cannot see the glory that we were designed for. We, uh, we've been talking about it over and over again. You're like, why do we keep talking about these jars of clay? You know what clay is? Dirt. And so 2 Corinthians 4 and 2 Corinthians 12, we've talked about these jars of clay. G- uh, Paul's describing us. He said, we are like jars of clay. And yet we were designed to hold this treasure. What's the treasure? God's power. As we talked about his dynamite, his his spirit, we were designed to hold him. We are the temples of God. And you're like, no, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not good enough. Are you dirt? Boom, you're ready. And so you don't think you're worth it. You don't think you're valuable enough. I don't have enough offer. You don't know the stuff I've done. You don't know where I've been. Yeah, we know. He knows. That's why he described it that way. And then, and then Paul says it this way. He says, we are jars of clay, meant to hold this treasure, So when the treasure comes out and it's poured out of this jar, when people see that, they will go, well, that just came out of a jar of clay. So they won't look to us, they'll look to God. They'll know it didn't come from us. It came from him. And they'll be drawn to him. Through this whole thing and my whitings, my my whitings? My wife's writings. (laughs) New word. The writings, my wife's writings. From her, from her writing, there's all these people that all of a sudden want to hang out with her all the time. People that she knew and people she doesn't know. And it's like she's the cool person. And then I go through this and there's all these people that want to hang out with me as if we have these special powers. They'll come up to us and say, you've changed my life. And it's like, can't you see where this really came from? You're not attracted to us. You're attracted to this treasure that you're seeing coming out of our life. But let me tell you, it ain't us. We know. That's why it's so amazing to us when we walk into people and they say, you've changed our life. And we're like, what? Do you know where this actually comes from? We have to, how do you explain that? But for those that are here or anyone else, you're not drawn to us. You're drawn to the God whom we serve, the God who loved us, the God who set us free, who's producing this. The only thing we've done is tried to hold on desperately to him. Not just through this, but through our life. We've tried to design our life in such a way that it would produce fruit. And as we're doing it, we're like, what are we thinking? Like us? Like this little plot of land, this rose dirt lot? Like really? I mean, but we've seen God do it in other people's lives. We've seen the fruit come out of our lives. So we just go, let's just keep doing this a little bit at a time. Let's redesign here and do this and and whatever it takes, pruning, watering, let's do this so that it produces fruit. Let's look at how Jesus describes this again because I want to make sure we're holding on to his word. He said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. 
And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. We're not talking about heaven and hell here. I hope you're catching that. This isn't talking about being saved from heaven and hell. This is talking about being saved from a life that you look back on and have regrets. Like when I talked with our friend about youth ministry, I said, looking back, I'm so glad that we have designed our life that way. And especially those years where we weren't cranky and crotchety and we could give to teenagers and they liked us being around them. I said, those were great years. That was life, full life. This life we're living now feels full. And I want that for you and I want that for us to live that kind of life. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, they get all excited, but in the time of testing, time of difficulty, they fall away. Verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, as they live through life, they're choked, distracted by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they don't mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. And that makes it sound better than it is. It just means good intentions. They hear the word and they retain it. And by persevering, they produce a crop. That's what we're involved in. That's what our life is designed for. Now again, a parable is designed so that we, we do something with it. I don't know what God is calling you to take away. And I don't know what he's calling you to add. Because when you think, it, the easiest way is to think in terms of a, of a yard. Even if you only have a porch, you can get some pots and put dirt in it. And when you have those pots and that dirt, like I don't know what in your life needs to be redesigned or moved around. We all have something. But it's a constant thing. It's, it's is it the fourth law of thermodynamics or the third? Anything just left to itself is gonna fall to disorder. And so that's why we need to be on top of it. We're just, is it, anyone wanna step up and help me out here? Is it the fourth? Everyone's nodding. Is it really? I don't think it's the fourth. I'm throwing that out there. I'm pretty sure it's the third. Lindsay, you're in math. Which one is it? All right, someone look it up on your phone because you're looking at your phone at something else, so look it up. It's the fifth? No, it's not the fifth. It's one of those laws of thermodynamics. We will find it. Matt will close with it. It's the second. It is the second law of thermodynamics. Thank you. Now, did you do that off the top of your head, Jeff? Just as good. You stole it from somebody else. It is the second law. Fozzie? You see, you think he's just a construction worker and can build things. No. He knows the second law of thermodynamics. And that says that anything left to itself will fall to disorder. That's our life. So we need to be intentional about it. And so there might be something you need to add. There might be something you need to pull away. I mean, I've been away from my yard for quite a few months. And just, to, just this uh, week, I was like, all right. I went out and I started with just doing a little pruning. I had to take something away. But also I had to add something. I'm like, I have not watered any of these trees. I mean, you got the sprinklers, but they're all broken. My dogs destroyed them all. Um, and so I'm like, I better start putting some water. I had to add some things. I don't know what it is for your life, for your family. Many of you have business plans. You have goals. You have financial goals. You have where you're going to move goals. You have your educational goals. Your goals, the goal is to pour your life out to others because that's all we have here on this side of heaven is to give to others. 
That's what our life is designed to be like. And so um, I hadn't intended on this, but uh, I talked to Bryn this week. I said, Bryn, sorry this is last minute, but I need you to set up this table because I want to focus on kids and youth. I mean, my friend, me looking back, me thinking about all this. We don't need holes to be filled. We need to pour our lives in other people. And some of you have thought, maybe I should help out with kids. Or maybe you've said, I will never help out with kids. I will never help out with teenagers. They scare me. They freak me out. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too good looking. I'm too ugly. I'm too busy. I don't want to miss the Sunday part of it. I'm really busy during the week. I have another job. Matt, I don't even know how many jobs that guy has. Okay? If there was the perfect person you were going to design to go and teach elementary kids, it ain't going to be Matt. Okay? He scares some of the kids. We, we get worried handing him a mic up here. You should be concerned that we let him back there with the kids. But you know what? God is doing great things in the little bit that he has to offer to these kids. The little bit of time, the little bit of patience. <laughs> That's his father-in-law. I bring this all back to the point that we were designed to give our lives away, and we need people. Let me rephrase that. These children, these junior highs, these high schoolers, they need people that will step into their lives, people that look back and go, you know what? I hated those years. If only someone had been there for me. Or some of us going, those years were amazing. Someone walked alongside me. I need someone to do that. And you're like, well, yeah, but I got a full-time job or I'm a full-time mom. And that's the other thing. Oh, that's a girl job. No. Like, there needs to be a balance. Well, you're working with kids. Must be a girl thing. I see that all the time. That's not healthy. They need both. They need that balance. They need the young. They need the old. They need the funny. They need the serious. These children need us. And I'm not just talking about the ones at branches. I'm talking about this community. You've seen them, you drive around and you're like, oh, I better go. You're walking down the road. I think I'm gonna go on the other side of the road because they scare you. They're people. And someday they could be doctors. Some days they could be artists. Someday they could be teachers. Someday they could be pastors or firemen or professional athletes. And they need someone that's gonna pour into them, to pray for them, to walk with them. And so you don't have to make any commitment, but just go out there to ask questions. Matt's going to finish with this. He's going to give you two options. You can help go clean up the kids' areas, or you can go ask some questions. Those are your only two choices we're giving you today. (laughs) So that's coming up. I want to invite the worship team up, and then I will close um, with this. We, uh, We were in El Salvador, and one of the farmers, you know, we're talking, oh, how do you cultivate the soil? How do you cultivate the crops? Because that's something you'd ask, you know, a, a farmer, right? How do you cultivate crops? He goes, I don't cultivate crops. And we're looking around, and we, we see the hillside, and we see his crops, and we know his title is farmer, and we know that we were just out with him, and he was doing stuff. We're like, what do you mean you don't cultivate? Because I don't cultivate crops. I cultivate soil. I pull things out, I redesign it so that the green water will flow this way, I make sure that things are added and things are taken away, I cultivate soil. 
That's what we do with our lives. We cultivate our lives. He said the crops will take care of themselves. God's going to do the work. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but it ain't us doing it. It's him. It's his life producing it. All we have to do is stay connected to him. Can you stand with me? I want to pray for us. Father God, we chose the name of this community of faith as branches to remind us that this is all about you and what you do. Father, give us the humility. Give us the grace and truth to not worry about ourselves or what we look like or what we have to offer. But instead that we will look to you and that we will humble ourselves to allow you to fill our life. Show us how to cultivate this soil. Show us how to, to live with the fact that we are jars of clay, fragile. But yet, we were designed to hold treasure. I'm excited to see what you can do, Lord, through us. Not just for the children and the youth, but for this world. We ask for you to um, fill us. In the name of Jesus. Amen.